Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Don't Praise the Machine. My name is John Maloney, and I'm here, as always, with my pod brother, Alexander Holland. Fwafwe, fwafwe, fwa. This week is episode 58, and just like we told you last week and at the end of episode 47 as well, there's going to be a lot of love and not a lot of hate. So grab a mate, sit on a crate, pile up a plate, bring a date, and listen in. Last night, I did something that I really like, and I really <laughs> want to tell everybody to give this, it a shot. This and is, that did is, you eat an onion? This is more. Every episode now is going to start with me saying, now, let me tell you something about onions this week that I did. <laughs> no, I did my, I felt a little bit like my brain was too full of thoughts and internet. Mm. So I put down my phone, I put down my wallet, mm-hmm. put on my coat and I just walked out of the house with my keys and nothing else. Oh. And I just want to say some heroes don't wear capes. <laughs> I went for a maybe hour and a half walk yeah. with no money mm. and no phone. If you've been and no clothes. <laughs> <laughs> just just put your just secreted your uh, keys in your abdominal cavity. Um <laughs> No, I went out. I went out with uh, with just my keys, and I went for an hour and a half walk, and it really, really cleared my head. Yeah, it helped me out a real lot. That's a good one. I've I've um, I think discussed similar things with you before about like just forcing yourself to do a bit of a very short term, but like forced digital detox, and yeah, that there is something liberating about that, isn't there? Because you think, well. Can't I can't buy anything. I can't go anywhere. I can't listen to anything. You can't check anything. Mm. You can't check anything. You're, you're forced to sit with you. I mean, you can't distract yourself with food yeah. or trinkets or mm. your phone. Mm. I take a little notebook with me mm. and I sat on the bench by the pond with the ducks. Nice. And I wrote in my notebook and I just wrote... Boy, oh boy, I wish this notebook was an iPhone 13 Pro Max. <laughs> it's a stupid all of little your, book. All of your reflections were just about missing your phone. <laughs> if I, if this was Instagram right now, boy, would I photograph these ducks. And I'd choose a filter and I'd write a little, a little cute caption and, man, I would wait for the likes and comments to roll on in. Yeah. But instead... I'm stuck here with this stupid book and <laughs> this nobody is fucking bullshit analog validating ducks. me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's what I did last night. Did you feel like that was a uh, something that you'd like to repeat on a regular basis? Yeah, I want to do it more and more because mm. I'll often just be sat at my computer mm. and I'll just have gone down some rabbit hole of nonsense and mm. I go, I can't, this is no good. <laughs> This is no good. I'm too far away mm. from my primate self. I yeah. want to get back to, to being a, a person that just lived with the elements. Yeah. And I go, I'll go out and I'll, I'll like strangle a cat in the park and eat it. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Skin it and wear its skin as a loincloth. <laughs> mm. And then I'll... Um, I'll break into another family's home and I'll kill them all. 
and I'll take Bloody I'll hell. take that house. Your version of kind of getting back to your roots is basically just <laughs> what people do when they have too much bath salts. <laughs> it's me being a. I said I'm going to be a, be back to my Viking self, and I'll just kick the window in. <laughs> I'll kill the whole family, <laughs> claim the house as my own. Yeah. I'll eat all the pets. This is how I'll we used to do things before we lost our this way. This is how we, oh, I feel. <laughs> I feel like I'm getting back to the essence of my humanity. <laughs> yeah. But you did something last night as well, which was not as good as mine, but no. whatever it was. Yeah, it was rubbish. You say, sat on but Netflix. I did. I was like. Had a, did bucket bongs. Yeah, I had I had the opposite. I was like, okay, I'm going to prop my laptop up on my knees. I'm going to have my phone. I'm going to have <laughs> the TV on. Uh, as many screens as possible. Minimum yeah. two screens. I had the air conditioner and the heater on just for a bit of white noise <laughs> in the background. Just, all just the facing light, each other. All the lights, all the lights in the house. The, the, the microwave just had it going. Just, just had had this. Just had the sink on. Just the tap on. Just running water down the sink. Yeah, the car idling in the driveway. I was just like, I need my thoughts to oh, get this out. This is the best. This is the best. Yeah, this is living. <laughs> All the mod cons, baby. Um, yeah, it was good. Uh. Yeah, last night I was actually preparing for. You might notice I'm a little bit formally dressed. I had to give a, mm. I had to give a, a seminar today for the benefit of all the of the legal profession. I don't know to what extent there was a real benefit in it, but and I've realised that there were about six hundred people tuning in, and it was all done. We were doing. Oh, this, is it? This is a Zoom, Zoom, Zoom. Yeah, Zoom CPD. They call them continuing professional development, and. Uh, it was a Zoom CPD seminar, me and another chap giving it. And how, Sorry, I, can I just – how long did you give this for? What, what time one, frame? One hour. And So um, one hour, you're on, you're on video and there's 600 people watching you? Yeah, I can't see any of them. Wow. Uh, but I just was doing it. felt very much like a news anchor because I was in front of a large kind of a oh, – sorry, I was yeah in front of a large screen and just speaking into a camera and – it was good, except that I tried my best to shoehorn in a reference to the uh, to the podcast, but I just couldn't. <laughs> is that true? Couldn't find a link. I did briefly consider, <laughs> like, is this worth doing? I've got a captive audience of hundreds and hundreds <laughs> of people, but couldn't do it. I was, you know, because no, if I say, if you want to learn more about advocacy and tribunal hearings, <laughs> tune in, <laughs> tune in to Don't Praise the Machine. <laughs> And then they'll be misled. <laughs> and then you got confused for, <coughs> for a moment. Yeah. And thought you're on you thought you're on TikTok and started you thought you were on TikTok live and Yeah, exactly. Saying, Guys, come on, just send more crystal castles and bumper cars, <laughs> please. I said Ace forty two, thank you for the sunglasses, and everyone just looked very. Confused. Oh, guys, thank you, got you got you guys are crazy right now. Thank you so much. Oh, you guys are crazy. What have you written there? Some question about advocate. Some question about advocacy law. Oh, thank you so much, Brian. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. That would be great if you just address. If you just kept referring to the numbers of people that were tuning in. Oh like my going, god, six hundred. Wow, there's six hundred people here right now, guys. You guys are crazy right now. This is crazy. 
Don't forget to double tap the screen to share the link with your followers. It really helps. Whoa, we want to get this up to a thousand. We need to get this up to a thousand people tuning in. You guys okay, are, guys. are crazy right now. Who, t- who it's wants amazing? Me to, who wants me to talk about expert evidence? Just click the pineapple there. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, it was it was um, relatively dry. But I did, and then when they when they started, I did accidentally go. Poga poga pishquil, but I don't think anyone heard. Hi, everybody, and welcome back <laughs> to my Zoom. <laughs> to my Zoom professional development seminar. This is episode one. <laughs> the main thing that I have done in the last week, which I wanted to share with our audience and with you mm. uh, is that I made good on my promise to oh, shit. go to the Brunswick Spiritual Lyceum Church. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so you really you really did this. I you, really read, you wrote did to me it. Yeah. on WhatsApp. You said, I'm going to this church now. Yeah. And I, I made a little, um, you know, just kind of a documentary as I went. I used, pulled out my little Zoom I decided it would probably what? raise ethical and legal issues for me to bring it into the church. So I yeah. thought, well, I'll just do a little pre and post account. But but basically, yeah, I went so they have a I looked them up online and they have a three PM Sunday session service, I guess. Anyone who's keen, uh, head down to the Brunswick Spiritual Lyceum Church on uh, Victoria Street. And um and I went down there, and uh, yeah, it was quite it was quite an interesting experience. Um, it was it's such a pleasure to one of the one of the delights of doing the podcast is when I think when I'm doing something, you know, downloading a virtual companion or um, yeah. tweeting at somebody on the BBC about a story about a kid who has dog poo on his face, whatever it might be, <laughs> and I think I would definitely not be engaging in this behaviour. Without a podcast, because it just seems unhinged. But if you have a podcast, it kind of gives you a pretext to engage in what would otherwise be odd and inexplicable behaviours. So I went down um, uh, just before three. I got there. I walked in, and it was it was. Um, you were alone. I was alone, and uh, um, I could see people kind of filtering in, and the space looks a little bit both externally and on you know, on the inside, it looks a little bit like a church, kind of like a old sort of Salvation Army, big sort of big open space. And, um, but, uh, and I wasn't quite sure how similar to a church it would be both in, you know, the way it looked inside and in the substance of what went on. But actually it has really not much to do with Christianity specifically. You go in and there is hanging from the roof all sorts of different kind of like a hodgepodge of different iconography. So there's, yeah, okay. you know, there's a, there was a dream catcher hanging from the center of the roof. There was a, wow. there was a, st- on the walls, there was a star of David. There was a cross, Christian huh. cross. There was a image. They had all these kind of very sort of DIY style paintings of different figures from different religious traditions. So there was a, what looked like a kind of Norse God, like a, like somebody in a horned helmet. There was a Native American man. There was Jesus. 
Uh, there was several images of Buddha. Huh. And, and yeah, basically, basically, and then lots of kind of crystals and angels and other things that were, you know, not, wow. not belonging to any of the conventional religions. And, um, and I was introduced to this woman who said she was the president of the church. And she obviously was a bit excited because she'd never seen me before. And I gathered like immediately that it was a, it was a space where, uh, quite a lot of the people who were there of which there were maybe 15 knew each other reasonably well. And I've spent the first few minutes kind of wandering around, just taking it in before the service started. They had, interestingly, a guide on the wall, which was kind of like done in a sort of font style that you might expect to see from like a fire safety instruction on the wall that you might might see in an official building. Um, But the text of it was all about healing protocols, basically, like... We need to have a man and a woman because they give out different sorts of energy. You can't have people walking in between the healer and the person they're healing because it breaks the connection. And sure. You're not, you're not to move them when their like, eyes are closed because it, I don't know, sends them into the ninth dimension of hell or whatever. <laughs> and, then, uh, and, then it, and then it started. There's a very colourfully dressed woman who introduced herself as something rainbow. Okay, and just and, and so on, how, how many the, people are in the room, John? I'd say there were fifteen or twenty 15 people. Or 20 people. So okay. it was not it wasn't empty, but it wasn't you know like which is not bad for a contemporary church in Australia. But uh, so rainbows up there, rainbows up there, and on the stage with her are three other people who are all seated in a kind of pew along the back of the altar, and she introduces them as I think the first person was introduced as the inspirational reader. Okay. Second person was an elderly man in a bow tie who was introduced, I think, as the guide. And then the third person oh, wow. was the demonstrator. And I thought, well, this will be interesting to understand what all of the This is already sounding way are. more fun than the Catholic services that we grew up with. Yeah, I 100% Can't agree. wait and to fact- see what the demonstrator gets up to, just rubbing your hands <laughs> together. <laughs> and, uh, and then... Uh, Mrs. Rainbow or Minister Rainbow starts talking about some of the basic tenets of um, spiritualism. And she says, which are fairly broad, as you might imagine, it's like there's a God, people are all, you know, in a sense, one large human family. At some point in the future, we will be, we'll be called to account for the good things and the bad things that we have done. And death is not the end of our lives. We go on in some way after death. Mm. And there wasn't much else to it. And I think everyone has a guardian angel might have been another one. Okay. Anyway, then, and then we did some hymns. There was a hymn book. And in the hymn book, there was rather than Christian hymns or religious, specific religious hymns, there was just a collection of pretty good pop songs. It was like Cat Stevens. There was some Beatles. There was like some kind of 70s slightly sort of spiritual sounding, you know, like in the era where people sort of hippies were writing this stuff about consciousness and the environment and stuff. So he sang a song about basically looking after the environment, uh, which might've been by somebody like Cat Stevens. I don't know. Uh, Had that kind of ring to it, but I didn't quite recognize it. That's And then. That's that's really interesting. They would have those kind of, those kinds of hymns. They just say, okay, now. 
Yeah. You know, we're all going to sing a hymn. Everybody gets, everybody sort of bows their yeah, head. Yeah, they have It's not time to make a change. Just relax. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Take a day, <laughs> I think they had Morning is Broken. Morning oh, is yeah, Broken. Oh, yeah, okay. That makes sense. But, and then they had Imagine by John Lennon. Yeah. And they had a they had a tape going with the music and then everyone sang over the top of it. And they were quite like a lot a lot like uh say a Catholic church. There was a there was quite a lot of older people in there, so it was interesting to see them singing these songs, mm-hmm. even though they were probably songs from their era. But then she's she has a little bit more to say and then she hands over to this guy, the guide, and he gets up and he gave quite a detailed account of a little bit more about the tenets of spiritualism. He talked about how before you are born, you basically decide what kind of life that you want. Before you're born. Yeah, you're in some kind of nether region or, or, or nether world and you, and you decide, you know, I want to be, uh, I don't know, a lawyer who lives in Brunswick. <laughs> and then um, I can't think of any others. And then, uh, and then, <laughs> Um, and then, uh, and then you, you go on. So everything we've, we're experiencing is kind of part of some plan. We've all got a guardian angel. We all exist on some kind of vibration and people who live in heaven are existing on a higher vibration, but they have some capacity to communicate with us by descending to our vibration. And he then related three first person stories, which he said, uh, not in so many words, but he made clear that they were stories, that they were accounts of the afterlife, which had been directly communicated to him by dead people. Okay. And and they were quite sort of interesting and quite kind of twee depictions of the afterlife. It was like very kind of human and kind of mundane in a sense. It was like everybody... And this was apparently, there are different levels of heaven. This was only like the first one that you get into just after you die. And it described what it was like for somebody to die and go there. And they said, you know, um, I sort of woke up and I felt like I was in a dream. And then I realized it was really happening and I'd gone to heaven. And then I was in this kind of nice garden and everyone was bathed in, um, in light, God's light. Okay. And it sounded very, it sounded like a very nice a kind of idyllic retirement home or something. Basically, okay. some people were gardening, some people were painting. Uh, you could just have a rest anytime you wanted. And you could. And he'd had, he'd, he had had this described to him by somebody who was dead and had already was, had, had experienced this. So the person was saying, mm. yeah, this is what it's like when you die yeah. and you get here. You, first thing you're going to see is heaven level one and this is what it's like. <laughs> exactly. It was very kind of... In contrast to, you know, I mean, Catholic Church, you'll never see any kind of straightforward, relatable depiction of heaven. It's all very abstract. Yeah. Whereas this was just like, yeah, it's cool. Like you fly around, you have a garden, whatever. And then- (laughs) There's specifically these types of flowers in the garden. Yeah. Don't expect any different ones. Exactly. gardenias. (laughs) Yeah. It's not- The only thing is you can't grow tomatoes because in heaven- (laughs) For reasons that I haven't worked out in heaven, there are no tomatoes. Um, and- <laughs> they just they, they just don't grow. You can plant them, but <laughs> you cannot cultivate them. <laughs> but they, they only grow these 
piss weak, virtually inedible sour tomatoes. <laughs> then he t- then he gave he went on for quite a while because there were three different accounts, all of which were relatively similar of the afterlife, and they were quite engaging and well written. But he went on for ages, and then at the end, I thought, well, that'll be that. You know, that was pretty interesting, whatever. But then uh, the rainbow woman gets up again, and she says, um, mm. she says, okay, time for healing, basically. And then, okay, and then I noticed at the back of the room there were these very white benches with no backs on them several people in the congregation went and sat on these benches and then several other people in the congregation went and stood behind them and then conducted a kind of healing over them and the minister was running us through or the leader i don't know what her name is was running us through this basically a pretty standard mindfulness exercise while the rest of the people got healed. And the healers I noticed had quite different techniques. Uh because I don't think there's huh. I don't think there's very I don't know. It I got the impression as a result of some things was that was said that through the spiritual Lyceum Church you can join these circles and the circles will teach you how to be a healer or a demonstrator, which I'll come to in a moment, uh or okay. a guide or whatever. And some of those people were doing the kind of aggressive Reiki barber style, you know, sort of like yeah, swo- the cosmic barber, cosmic barber, sort of swooshing you, the art of almost touching, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Swoosh, they were doing the swooshes, and, and other people right. were kind of just holding their hands. And then, um, anyway, then that came to an end, and I thought, well, that was something I would not not have seen that I've not seen in any kind of religious process before. So that'll be yeah, that'll be that. But I was wrong again. The rainbow woman got up and she said, okay. Now it's time for the demonstrator. And okay. I had no idea what that, I mean, the name doesn't really give anything away, so I didn't know what to expect. But she got up and she was basically a, a like a live medium who was doing reading. So she talked a little bit and then she went straight into it and she said, okay, in that kind of John Edwards sort of I'm feeling somebody on this side of the room sort of way. And the first person that she picked was me. She said, she said, this gentleman here with the mask on, because about 10 minutes in, I thought, not sure that there's going to be a huge take up of the vaccine in this room. So I might just put my mask on and, um, and which is probably quite unfair, but I, you know, safety first. So she, um, she said, this gentleman with the mask on, uh, do you allow me into your, you know, something weird like do you allow me to read with you was basically what she was saying okay. using this kind of lingo and i was just, i'd had this slightly out of body moment where i was like is she talking about me and then i said yeah yeah go for it like i was you know very pleased for this purpose that she had picked me to do yeah. this and then she said um she said i'm getting near you somebody named robin oh do you okay it's turning into like a it's like an afterlife exactly medium thing like a like a crossing over type situation yeah but quite quite almost sort of a bit seancey like she was she was yeah I'll, I'll describe it and you'll see what i mean but she was saying yeah. um i'm getting somebody named robin is that is that somebody you recognize is that a name you recognize and i was like oh i'm not sure but mostly i was mostly i was being <laughs> we, very ag- we did do it we did do a pretty pretty lengthy podcast on mrs doubtfire <laughs> That's true. Holy <laughs> shit. That didn't occur to me. 
The man himself. He was there to like congratulate me on my wrap up rap. <laughs> But I was trying to be very like, you know, I wasn't I wasn't giving her a lot of resistance. I was basically like, yeah, 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 yeah. That that makes sense. Then she moved on from Robin, and she said to me, "I get from you that you are thinking about making a seismic shift in your life, maybe in your working life, oh. and you know, you're wondering whether it's this new path um, is." the right path or whether you should go down it and so on, which, you know, I mean, I'm sure it can be said of a lot of people and in that way was a great uh, thing to set for a medium to say. But Yeah, beautiful cold read. Yeah, exactly. It was classic cold read. And I immediately thought, yeah, I am kind of thinking about shifting gears and going into more of a kind of academic route. So that sounds exactly like what she's picked up on there. Um, so she's probably a real medium. And then, um, and I said, yes, actually, that's that's definitely true. Yes, yes, yes. And then she's saying, well, I think that um, you should definitely do that. I can sense from you that that's the right thing, that this is your authentic path and you should pursue it. And then she said, um, I'm also getting from you that you have a lot of healing potential. And if you wanted to become a healer, um, then you should definitely, then you could do that, which I was quite pleased with because- she after me, she went on to read with a number of other people, and she didn't say that to any of them. I was the special boy <laughs> with the healing powers, and uh, and then she said, "The other thing I'm getting from you, have you ever thought about a circle?" And I'm like, "What the fuck does that mean?" And then she's going, "You know, like a like a healing circle or um or a medium circle. I'm seeing from you that you could lead one of those circles. So basically, like." teach people how to do these things, I guess, Okay, and uh, to, to be spiritualists. And I was like, okay, um, just kind of nodding along. And then she's going, all right, now I'm getting, um, there's a man in 1930s clothes. He's got a vest. He's got a kind of a cardigan and I can see buttons down the front of it. And um, his name is Arthur. And, okay. and I was like, mm, not sure about an Arthur. And she said, um, she said, well, you, maybe you should ask your parents because I think you'll find, I'm getting that he's in the country. I'm getting that this is kind of 1930s and he sits with you. Where do you do your reading? Which was kind of interesting because I do do a lot of reading for work, but I probably mm. just, and she said, he's Arthur's always, always with you when you do that. And, uh, and so, um, so maybe ask your parents and you'll find that there's an Arthur somewhere in the family, I think. I'm getting maybe it's it's an ancestor. And anyway, he just wants to wants to acknowledge you or something like that. And then um then she said, I'm also getting a, an elderly woman, and I think it might be your grandmother. And she she died when she was eighty five, didn't she? Which was a bold move. I mean it made Yeah, that's she, I was like um, and I think I sort of like didn't say yes or no because she didn't die when she was 85. Uh, yeah. she, she has passed away, but she, um, lasted longer than that. And, uh, and, um, so 
but it made me think she obviously believes that what she's doing is genuine, I think. Otherwise, you wouldn't make these kind of very likely incorrect stabs in the dark. I mean, yeah, okay, 85's a reasonable guess, but it could be yeah. 84, it could be 86. Yeah, and she did this throughout the whole thing. You know, she she went into, after me, she went into a number of other people who were present and she kept, you know, I mean, obviously these are people who are there for a reason, so they're a very suggestible audience, probably about as suggestible an audience as you could get. But mm. she still did get a lot of things wrong. And like I would say, you know, it was kind of about 50-50, which you'd expect mm. if somebody was basically guessing and uh <laughs> and thought you you are definitely not getting your own tv show love yeah exactly yeah the editor's gonna be working overtime on this shit <laughs> and uh and then you know you could see the people kind of bending over backwards to be like yeah that's right i had an uncle whose boss was named arthur or whatever and you're yeah. like yeah well uh that's that's probably not who's gonna come and visit you from the afterlife but <laughs> anyway then what i found was she was I mean, in spite of all that, she's talking to me about my grandmother and how I was her favorite and how okay. she thinks that I should do this, you know, this shift that I'm contemplating in my life. She supports it and she mm. she just wants you to know that she loves you and whatever. And of course, like when I was listening to that, I was kind of quite, I was like quite sort of wrapped up in it because yeah. somebody's staring directly at you and saying these things. You're like, you know, some part of you is kind of, able to suspend your disbelief and just accept it even though you you know in the back of your mind you're thinking i don't think this is my grandmother because she died at the wrong age and and the physical description doesn't really match and um and then anyway so she said that about my grandmother and then she said i'm also getting a date august the 2nd it's the anniversary Ah. of somebody's death somebody died in the 60s in about 1965 or 67 and they died on the 2nd of August. And I kind of just stared blankly because that didn't ring any bells. Yeah. And then she said, she said, ask your parents, maybe ask your mum. And uh, I still haven't done that. So I will I will be probably going back to the spiritual church if I call my mum and she says, yeah, your grand, great-grandmother died on the 2nd of August. Um, <laughs> but I'm fairly confident that won't happen. And then, And then she says, you know, in the classic sort of John Edwards style, she says, can I leave that with you? And I'm like, yeah, great, thanks. And then she kind of goes, wishes around the room, gets on somebody else, goes, you know, I'm seeing a nun. Do you know anyone named Maria? Is there someone overseas? All this kind of stuff. She's giving people dogs. Like she said, I'm just seeing a little, there's a little dog next to me. And, oh, uh, and, and it's a the dog's there. Yeah. There's a ghost dog, wow. uh, which I liked. She was like, Oh, Lick you to death at will. It's a lovely little dog. Do you accept the dog? And she kept saying, she kept getting people to accept ghosts. And I, I sort of just was nodding along to whatever she was saying. And then as she was going through other people, I was thinking, fuck, I accepted Robert and Arthur. I don't want them around. I don't even know who the fuck these people are. And then, <laughs> and, then and then I thought, I guess I had the option to be like, no, no, sort off. I don't, I don't recognize you. Don't, don't stick around. Don't sit near me when I'm reading. It's weird. <laughs> and, and, um, and then, yeah, so people were accepting 
stray dogs and Christ knows what. And then, <laughs> and then, yeah, then there were people who, as I said, were kind of quiet. Like she got, as people will, she got a few things seemingly bang on and people were like, oh, my God. And that's the thing. I think if you want something to be true, then you're much more compelled by, like on the if she had gotten something about me dead right, and she got a couple of things, you know, she was sort of on the right track. But say if she'd guessed my grandmother's um, age when she passed away and, the, and her name or something like that, then yeah. I would just be... I'd just be like, well, I'm on, on board now. Whereas right. if she gets it wrong, if she gets it wrong, I'm like, well, you know, whatever these things, it's not a perfect process. But I was thinking afterwards, like, if this is real, why can't you just say, this is your uncle so-and-so and he says, to me, oh, he tells me he died in 2011. Is that mm. right? You know, whatever. But it's never that. It's never quite that precise. And um, anyway, so she went through various people and then – uh and then she, you know, took a bow and everyone thanked her. And then that was that. And uh, and Rainbow came up and she had a very, the, the, the lady running things had a very distinctive kind of churchy oratory style, which she was saying, like during a mindfulness exercise. And now I want you to open your eyes. Yeah. And all that sort of stuff. Anyway, then she finished up and then there was a, there was a afternoon tea afterwards, but I thought at that point I was like, mm, don't know if I want to like stick around for Arvo tea with these people. I'm not sure if I actually want to feed myself <laughs> at these people's expense. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I did. There was a little collection plate, but one of the so I took Robin and Arthur and uh, <laughs> left and um, down the and pub. here they are. <laughs> and here, Robin Arthur, would you come in here, guys? Would you get um, in here, please? Robin Arthur, <laughs> would you come in here, please? <laughs> um, and uh, and so that was that. That was my time at the Brunswick Spiritual Lyceum Church. They didn't speak to you afterwards, or trying. They didn't give you any uh, literature, or say, you know, we we have a healing circle that you could join on this day. No, I thought they might try, and I kind of left at the time when I knew that they there was going to be limited opportunity for them to harangue me in that way because they were like prepping for afternoon tea they talked about various things that were coming up at the church like famous spiritualists doing free readings and fairs where you could go to get and it was quite it was there were some good moments like the, the the you know in some ways the language was very familiar to me from like regular sort of church services that i'd been to as a kid but then the, the substance of it would be weirdly different like she said um now, there's going to be a spiritual Lyceum Church Fair. It's going to be on the 20th of May, and uh, there will be uh, readings. There will be uh, crystals for sale yep. and, and all that sort of stuff. And then she said, <clears throat> and I just want to note there's been a misprint in the program. Uh, the word hypnosis should be the, in paragraph three there. And uh, and I was like, wow, that's not, not a sentence you would hear in yeah. a Catholic church. And th- But the main thing I thought was was it was all quite nice and I could see how if you were just like not too fussed about uh, the kind of rigour of the theological doctrine that you were getting and just wanted a bit of a like, don't worry about death, don't mm. don't worry about anything, 
then it would then it would probably hit the spot. And I thought, you know, it's a bit of a lesson for Catholics. Like as long as you're making things up, just make them nice. Yeah, that's uh, true. Don't, like, <laughs> don't, why are we true. like inventing things that make us feel bad? <laughs> that's true. They're both just making things up. Why don't you yeah. just make up some stuff that's a bit more relatable? Uh, like exactly. the ghost dog. Yeah, exactly. Just give just give away a few ghost mutts instead of telling people <laughs> instead of telling people who are, who they should and shouldn't be having sex with. Uh, you know, just just relax on all that and say like, yeah, lesson one: don't worry about death because you'll just hang out in this cool garden. Uh, and he, and your grandma says hi. The end. <laughs> <laughs> the room is full of really cool ghosts and dogs. <laughs> yes. I can. Don't worry, I can see them. I know you guys can't. <laughs> yeah, but trust but you me, better they're believe here. they're here. <laughs> and and yeah, and then so it's that's amazing. So it sounds very much like a like a combination of. Some a bit of so, so they are they're obviously the foundation is Christianity, but it just sounds like it yeah. sounds like everything is new age that you just <laughs> described. Everything is crystals yeah. and being able to speak to people in the afterlife. It sounds yeah. more like what you'd get at a new age spiritual fair than you would any kind of yeah. church. It's true, and I reckon it must have come from you know probably like loosely. Christian basis, maybe just to avoid being persecuted or something. And then it's just kind of moved into this space where, you know, Jesus was on the wall, but he was on the wall next to Buddha and Odin and whoever else. Yeah, he was cruci- uh, He was on the crucifix? Uh, I think it just had a picture of him, like uh, sort of a portrait of his face. Not- yeah. And there was a cross, but there was also a Star of David, and then there was, a, as I said, all these other like little bits and pieces. And... Uh, and yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I mean, it seemed to be just kind of not privileging any one of those belief systems above any other, and just saying this is basically about guardians. Oh no, the other the other key tenet was that we each get, which the man in the bow tie told us about. We each get a guardian spirit mm. who, again, it was quite literal. It's like somebody who gets the job of looking after us. Right, and it's a specific. It's a specific person who's already in heaven, I think, who gets assigned to look after you during your life. And then um, then you meet them when you die, and then their period of service to you comes to an end. So there was this, in one of his stories, an account of a guy who meets his guardian spirit, and then his guardian spirit sort of tearfully says, okay, bye, I'm, I'm off, because yeah. you know, you're dead now and you'd be right. And then shuffles off. So we've each got, in addition to a series of people and animals following us around, a guardian spirit, uh, which is good news. I like, I like that. I like this. I'm disappointed now that I went to a Catholic school, and I would have yeah, preferred exactly. to have gone to a spiritualism school. Imagine telling kids. So, imagine telling kids that. Imagine mm. having having four and five year olds and telling them that they've got guardian angels and ghosts. Mm. That would just really fuck them up. <laughs> You could just you could just say to your kid, "I'm not getting you a dog. Why don't you play with the ghost dog? <laughs> Why don't you play with your ghost friend Tim? There, there he is. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. 
shout out to friends of the show, Brunswick Spiritual Lyceum Church. <laughs> that was amazing, John. I can't believe that you did that and went to that amount of effort. I feel like now I'm going to have to put myself in some deeply uncomfortable <laughs> and actually <laughs> dangerous situation in Berlin yeah. to be able to. I'll be like, oh, I took a leaf out of John's book and I went to a. I managed to sneak into a neo Nazi club in Berlin, <laughs> in Berlin <laughs> pretending to be interested in their ideology. <laughs> Yeah, I'm accidentally a high-ranking Nazi now. Uh, so that's been an interesting week. I've been, I'm doing the podcast from prison. I've just been explaining <laughs> the authorities that I was just doing. I'm a journalist infiltrating. It's, it's for my podcast. Let me out. The only thing that I've ever done that's even remotely similar to what you just did where I felt like I was, I went to something where I was clearly pretending to, or not necessarily pretending, but people would have assumed that I had a certain interest in what was being presented when I did not. Yeah. It was when I was in yeah. New Orleans and I met a girl who was who I got on quite well with who was selling, mm-hmm. like, timeshares. Mm. And, and then we hung out for, like, the entire night. And then afterwards she said, it would, re- it would mean a lot to me if you came to the timeshare meeting because it contributes to my, like, um, <laughs> like commission. If you, oh, wow. if I get to say that if you turn up to the timeshare meeting tomorrow morning that I've been selling yeah. all day, all you have to do yeah. is just. She said, she said, if you just stay there for an hour, then you get a free, yeah. pro, you get a free gator tour, and there's free food. And then <laughs> wow. she like, and then I woke up at my Airbnb, and she bought me like an uh, an Uber that I then took hmm. to the timeshare meeting, and I just sat there hmm. for an hour. And listen to them pretend like, and had to pretend that I was interested in buying a, a timeshare to this like <laughs> hotel chain, and then wow. I just like ate fairly average Bain Marie bacon and eggs, and uh, <laughs> and then just they gave me my then then they gave me the hard sell at the end of it, and I just was like kind of giggling and going, no, I don't want, <laughs> I don't want any of this. Thanks, can I please see the gators now? And then they gave me a ticket, and I went to see the alligators in the in the bayou. That was that's what I did. You just not even, not even toying with them. Just hard no. Can I have gators now? Thanks, everybody, so much for tuning in to episode number 58 of Don't Praise the Machine. It's been so good having you here, just like it is every single week on Don't Praise the Machine. My name's been Alexander Holland, and I'm sat digitally next to my number one prince of podcasting. As I am every single week on Don't Praise the Machine, he's got to be the one called Chonkalonka. And we'll love hearing his stories when he goes to the spiritual church. <laughs> That's the kind of podcast that we got for you. Shonkalonka, do you want to say anything to everybody? Thanks, everybody, for joining us on this week's episode of Don't Praise the Machine. We'll see you next week for episode number 59. And we're going to be feeling so high. Thanks again, everybody, and we'll see you next week at the podcast.